0: The Chargers have officially lost all pro left tackle Rashawn Slater for the season, and they must bring in reinforcements for their banged up offensive line. You are Locked On Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but we're now in our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from. But... David, unfortunately, we have, you know, bad news to talk about on today's show. The Chargers have officially lost Rashawn Slater and Jalen Guyton to season-ending injuries while also having Joey Bosa with a significant groin injury. And today is Tuesday, so that means it's or sell. So we're going to be getting into if the Chargers must bring in a left tackle or another tackle through free agency, if they need to bring in another receiver in free agency. Can they create a pass rush with the guys they have left outside of Joey Bosa unlike they were able to do in the second half? against the Jaguars and David, I think it's time to discuss has Brandon Staley started to lose his shine. We're going to buy or sell that to wrap up the show, but today's episode of lockdown chargers is brought to you by prize picks. Price picks is the daily fantasy made easy for you pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on. That's price promo code lock on locked on. <laughs> I've only said that a million times, right? All right, David. So it's happened again. I mean, I think the Chargers got a a slight reprieve last year when, you know, marquee players stopped going down at the rate that we were accustomed to. But again, in 2022, injuries have reared their ugly heads. And I know we've talked about before who we thought the most important Chargers players were, and Rashawn Slater was very high on that list. And once you saw him get injured, I mean, the... You were just hoping, hey, maybe it's just a couple weeks, maybe it's you know something not going to take him away for the entire season. But Tom Pelissero did report on Monday that Rashawn Slater suffered a ruptured biceps tendon in Sunday's loss to the Jaguars and expected to miss the rest of the twenty twenty season, David twenty twenty two season. But I mean, that was just brutal to hear.
1: It's just the it's the tweet of death. It's just the one you just were praying that you weren't going to see hit your phone. It's just the last thing that you wanted. Because you know how just truly amazing Rashawn Slater is. How, like, he is literally one of the top five left tackles in the game in year two of his short but very, very productive NFL
0: career. All pros it, are not easy to earn. I no. show It's
1: yeah, it's it's completely insane the the standard is literally you have to be in the top two percentile
0: to earn just the top two players. Yeah. yeah, Top two players
1: at your position. It's unbelievably unheralded. It is an incredible accomplishment. And it's somebody that is just truly impossible to replace.
0: He is. And I mean, for the Chargers specifically. It's just a giant, you know, cavernous. Green Canyon between him and Storm Norton, who took over for him, and it was a disaster on Sunday against the Jaguars. I mean, by the time he came in, the Chargers were, you know, very far behind, and it was a lot of obvious passing down situations. Basically, every down was an obvious passing down situation. But, David, eight pressures allowed by Storm Norton and 25 pass blocking snaps. Just for comparison, Rashawn Slater had allowed three pressures all year and 113 pass blocking snaps. He had committed one penalty to this point where Sean Slater did. It was in this game. Storm Norton in that limited time had two penalties and gave up three quarterback hits in the one half. And Rashawn Slater had only given up one all season long. That's
1: a pressure a third of the time. That is unbelievable. I
0: yeah. Wow. I, I just,
1: that can't happen. You can't have that going forward. It is just shocking when you hear that. And, yeah, obviously it's never easy to just get Thrust into the fire of in a situation to where it's known pass and you're going to have to pass block with them literally trying to come after your quarterback and tear him in half. Like that yeah. was clearly the game plan. And unfortunately, Storm Norton did not play well at all in that football game. And it makes you uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, 100%. And like it's just hard to imagine, David, that it's not going to affect the offense because I, it feels like Trey Pipkins, one of the reasons, I mean, I think Trey Pipkins is. Has overachieved, I mean, to some extent. like He hasn't been the story up until this point. And Storm Norton came in in relief of him last week against the Kansas City Chiefs and only gave up one pressure in 26 pass blocking snaps. So maybe he's more comfortable on that right side. That's definitely, you know, where he played all last season. Maybe it's worth trying to think about switching those two guys at the very least. But at the same time, David, like it feels like one of the reasons Trey Pipkins hasn't been this story is because they've been able to help him out with running backs with tight ends on his side and not just leaving him on an island. But you can't yeah. really do that with both guys and run an effective offense. Not when you, you know, average 2.6 yards per carry as a team. Maybe if you're a super heavy team, you want to like go jumbo package and just run the ball down people's throats, so you can get away with it. Not if you're the Chargers throwing it, you know, 35 to 40 times a game. And that's just the thing is like how much is this going to affect the Chargers offense who was already, you know, seemingly limited. It
1: affects it a, a tremendous amount. The running game is going to get affected. Rashawn Slater was a phenomenal <laughs> run blocker, just a road grader, a guy who get really worse. paired up well with uh, Matt Filer. And those guys really ran people over last year. Also, it's that stabilizing force at left tackle. It's just a guy that, you know, you can leave on an Island that can handle any pass rusher in the NFL. You have that type of confidence in Rashawn Slater. And now that's gone. And now, You're going to have to change the game plan. You're going to have to scheme up protections and help on both sides conceivably here in the next couple of games, because even if you do, you know, bring in somebody or you change things up, it's still going to be a little bit of a learning curve. I mean, you're going to have to help on both sides. It's just going to make the game planning more difficult. It makes the running game worse, makes your pass blocking worse. It just affects every level of your offense.
0: Well, let's go this, David. Buy or sell. It is Tuesday. The Chargers must go outside of the building to bring in a new tackle.
1: Yeah, I'm buying it. And I bought it months and months ago. I, I never felt good about their depth at tackle. And obviously, I feel incredibly worse about it now. And so there are a couple of people out there that you could potentially bring in. I know one of the big names is Eric Fisher. You know, former Kansas City Chiefs tackle, former Colts tackle, a guy who has had some good years. I mean, he only had a 68.2 grade, you know, last year, which you know wasn't great. But before that, he he played admirably. He played, you know, decent quality tackle, and that's what you need. You just need somebody that you feel good about bringing in, plugging in, and playing. And I think you can feel decent about him at least as an option to bring in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm. it would be a shorter list of guys I'd be willing not to bring in. Right. Yeah. Like, at this point, like you need to try something, even if all like, you're not going to find a perfect product out there. And that's part of the reason this has been so frustrating is this is something we've been yelling about for however many seasons. When yeah. did Sam Tevy start the first time? Right. Like, yeah, it, it's been forever, you know, that we've been trying to see them, you know, address this position, you know, with multiple different guys. But, now the pool has dried up, yeah. right? I mean, it, it doesn't seem like at the price range they were going to get in on some of those expensive free agents anyways with the you know, additions they made on the defensive side. At the same time, there were more options then. Now it's a very limited pool. You're you're darn right. I'm kicking the tires on Eric Fisher. I'm kicking the tires on Darrell Williams, right? Yes. He just had a couple of seasons ago. was playing super well for the Bills. 2020, yeah. the dude gave up only 21 pressures and over 1,000 offensive snaps. playing right tackle for the entire season he went and played a little bit of right guard a little bit of right tackle in 2020 or 2021 didn't have as good of success but you're 100% right that I'm going to be trying it out I'm going to be seeing what that offer is going to have to look like according to some uh, some places Eric Fisher has already gotten multiple offers and denied multiple offers he could be waiting for the right situation and it seemed Less likely when they need a right tackle. Now they need a left tackle, which is yeah. what he's played for every season since his rookie season. Yes. So now it seems more likely. I'm 100% buying. You go out of the building. You need, I mean, you you don't even have a swing tackle at this point. it's yeah. your swing tackle. Right. You exactly. don't have one. I mean, you don't have one at this I mean, point. It's Jamari Sawyer, right?
1: I mean, that, that's the only other
0: option. No, is it, it Brendan Hymans? Right. I mean, yeah, no, it can't be. It can't be yeah. those guys. Like, it, it has to be someone from outside the building. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'll give Jamari Sawyer some snaps or right tackle just to yeah. see what's up. You know, if yeah. I can move Trey Pipkins to left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's just, you're grasping for straws at that point. I'd oh, be going sure. to see it. And the other thing about this, too, is it seems like it's made Matt Filer worse being not next to Corey Lindsley and yeah. being not next to Rashawn Slater for that second half yeah. of that game. So there's a lot of questions that have to be answered there. With a lot and more on his plate. Fortunately, that's not the only injury we're talking about today because the Chargers lost another piece of their offense when Jalen Guyton, who finally made a big play and you know validated why we wanted him on the field so much just to tear his ACL in a meaningless time of the game. And Joey Bosa, your all-world edge rusher, the reason you had the best tandem in the league, is also going to miss significant time according to Brandon is at least week to week. So we have to get into that. And also, the Chargers' worst rushing attack in the NFL. You're, and That's right, the Chargers' worst. Will they finish as the worst? We'll talk about that at the end of the show. But I hope you guys picked the less-than category last week on Prize Picks with Austin Eckler and his rushing yards. Dave wanted to go up. I wanted to go down because that Jaguars front is for real. We now know that now, but I do need to tell you guys about my favorite daily fantasy site. And of course, I'm talking about price picks. And what I love about price picks is it's just you versus their projections. You're not going up against somebody. They show you what the number is. You have to pick whether that player is going to go more than or less than that number. And with price picks this weekend, you guys can go chargers if you want to. You can go more or less than 270 and a half passing yards for Justin Herbert or more or less than 49 and a half rushing yards for Austin Eckler. He had five rushing yards last week, but with prize picks, you go two to five players that you select. If they go more or less than their prize picks projections, you win, and you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It's not just football. You can do it with the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, even college football. You can do it pretty much any sport you want, and it's safe and fast withdrawals. But right now, guys, download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PriceFix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price Fix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, David, we have more injuries to talk about and... <laughs> unfortunately more buyer sells to get into today. Not as fun of buyer sells on this one, but wanted to keep that going for Tuesday's show. And I think there's a couple of things we have to talk about. Let's get into Joey Bosa first, because I mean, this is an all world player, you know, half of the most dynamic combo of pass rushers in the league. And I think probably the main reason I felt like this defense could be special. Right. I I mean, that's, and it hasn't been right. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but, Having those two guys, as we saw, you know, for two games this season, as far as pressure-wise, it it was just such a difference maker up front, and they were making quarterbacks so incredibly uncomfortable, even in a loss to Patrick Mahomes in the first half against the Jaguars with offense, couldn't get anything going. They got some key stops because of the pressure and because of making Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. Now they don't have Joey Bosa. All we've heard from Brandon Staley is that it's a significant groin injury, that he's week-to-week, in my opinion, we're going to see what happens this week, and they're going to see whether they're going to put him on injured reserve or not, which is going to keep him out for four games. We'll see how it develops, right? And we'll see what they ma- what move they decide to make this week because they still have up until this game. This will count towards the game in IR if they have to put him on that short-term IR. But, David, I'm, I this is the buy or sell for today. The Chargers can still create an above-average pass rush if they don't have Joey Bosa.
1: I'm selling. I don't think that they can. Uh, And and the thing is, is I've seen this movie without Joey Bosa in it. And I've seen the movie with Joey Bosa by himself with where he has no help. And they, they, they can scheme all the resources from preventing that one guy from wrecking the game. Well, now that one guy is Khalil Mack. And you better believe that every single offensive coordinator that goes up against the Chargers is going to say, That guy, Khalil Mack, is not going to beat us. We are going to do everything in our power to scheme that guy away from our quarterback. We're going to chip him. We're going to double team him. He is not going to get anywhere near our quarterback. He is not wrecking the game. So until they can show me that they can manufacture some pass rush with only one premier pass rusher, then I'm selling it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. We, We saw what it looked like last year. And I mean I would take Uchen Nuosu obviously over Chris Rump and Kyle Van Noy. Yep. A- and I think it's the performance by those guys in this game that leads you to worry about it. I'm somewhere in between buying and selling. What is that? I I'm I'm haggling, I'm bartering. I don't know. I mean I think they can. <laughs> you know what I mean? They definitely can. Will they? That's another story. I think if just having Khalil Mack is a, a leg up on most teams because he sure. has looked the part. He did look less effective after Joey Bosa left. Obviously, all the attention shifts. To of him, course, it makes sense. But this is the part that's more concerning to me. Kyle Van Noy zero pressures in thirteen pass rushing snaps in this game, trying to fill in. He was also the edge on the big fifty yard touchdown. Not all his fault, but Joey Bosa does set a very physical edge, and that yes, would he have does. been right around where he is. Right. Yeah. Also, Chris Rumpf, the guy who had the puff pieces written about him, right? The guy that looked really, really good in the preseason. One pressure in 20 snaps. He has three pressures so far in 2022. Where is it going to come from, David? Because the thing is, is we also saw the Chargers blitz to try to manufacture, right, in this last game. And they were picked apart. It was hot yeah. reads. It was chunk plays off of two-yard passes because they were just attacking right where that blitz was coming from. Yep. They were exposing it almost every time. So I think it has to get much more creative than we've seen yeah. from them, right? I think if it is someone like Alvin, or you need to make that his sole focus and, and stop messing around with linebacker, I would say. I think we sure. need to see
1: some stunts and twists from the defensive line. I think the interior of the defensive line can provide some more pass rush as well. I think we saw yeah. a little bit of that with Sebastian Joseph Day getting in on the quarterback. But I mean, we need to I mean, they need to step up. I mean, they need yeah. to add some more pass rush in that category when you know that you have a guy of Joey Bosa's caliber that is going to be on the sidelines for a few weeks.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and Morgan Fox is, I think is pleasantly surprised too. I, I like him on the inside. Maybe he gets more run on the outside yeah. too. It's something that he's shown flexibility to do before, but it, it's still, you know, not better than what most other teams have as no. their edge rushers. Right. As yeah. far as we're going above average pass rush here. So right. I think they can, they still have some pieces, but you're going to need Chris Ruff to play a lot better. You're going to yeah, need Alvin yeah. Noy who had really, really good metrics as far as just a pass rusher is recently his last season to step his game back up again and maybe that means just focusing solely on edge rusher until you can get bosa back but there's no easy fix for it i mean it's not the canyon between you know rashawn slater and storm norton but it's still a gigantic loss you can't replace players like joey bosa and you're gonna have to get creative which is at least on the fly not something we've seen from brandon staley so far this year but Jalen Guyton is a huge loss as well, David. he is a guy that it's really frustrating because he did get hurt, tore his ACL on a meaningless drive at the end of the game, where it literally should have been Easton stick behind the backup offensive line, handing the ball off to Josh Kelly or Sony, Michelle, whoever three times in a row, getting off the field and running as much clock as possible. Instead, they go for a meaningless touchdown, keep their injured quarterback in the game. And Jalen Guyton, who just finally made a big play, 54 yard gain in this game, a great throw from Justin Herbert. And he gets hurt on this meaningless drive, David, the one fast receiver that the Chargers have, the only Chargers receiver that runs in the four threes. And now the buyer sell of the day is, OK, well, do they need to go outside of the building to bring in another speed receiver? Yes, absolutely yeah. they do.
1: I, I mean, I'm, I've been clamoring for this the entire offseason. Yeah. That hasn't changed. The Chargers do not have enough dynamic speed. I like what DeAndre Carter has done lately. Nine catches, 150 yards in that touchdown. I feel like he has been a bright spot, and he, you know, he runs a four four, so he is fast. Four four
0: eight. So yeah, yeah four nine, four eight.
1: Yeah, he, nah. he's got some speed. Um, he's got some wiggle. He's he's good in the open field, but he's not a true burner. And I, I think yeah. that's definitely something that. I have said repeatedly that the Chargers are missing in their offense and they're still missing it now more than ever with Jalen Guyton out. And there's a couple of guys that you could potentially kick the tires on. One of them, and I think the biggest name that's being thrown out there is Will Fuller, right, Daniel?
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, Will Fuller is a certified burner. He is a legitimate, tested, you know, deep threat in this league. Yeah. His last relatively healthy season, he had 53 catches, for 897 yards and eight touchdowns which is crazy yeah that's good and he did it at 16 and a half yards per clip so like he is a legitimate bona fide deep receiver he has 433 speed which is great the chargers aren't touching that because this is what the chargers currently have as far as 40 times on their roster right now keenan allen (laughs) 4.71 mike williams 4.54 josh palmer 4.52 deandre carter 448 Michael Bandy, if they want to bring him up, and that's a 4-6-2. So that's not going to solve your issues there. The other guys, you know, Jason Moore, uh, the other guy, and Trevin and Bradford, like those dudes, they're not speed threats as far as, you know, trying to go in-house no. to fix it. Will Fuller, I don't think it's going to happen. He just recently got suspended in 2020 for six games for performance-enhancing substances. Maybe that keeps him off the charge radar. Never yeah. played 16 games in a season. Only played two games last season. That's all bad. 100% I'm trying to bring him in still. I, I mean, yes. the chart at this point, you can't be picky, right? There, there's no being picky, choosy, or thinking, you know, it, it's like this guy's not a murderer, right? So, yeah. like, he is available. I think you absolutely, even with the injury, red flags, all of those things, you still try to bring this dude in because if he is healthy for eight games, what it would do for Justin Herber in this offense, if he can bring back any part of that 2020 self, that we saw them when he was, you know, had a much better quarterback play than he did last year. Yeah. That would be insane. It would be one of the biggest things. Just the, Chargers the threat offenses. of his
1: presence alone would be right. worth him
0: being on the team. Being that's the other the thing, offense. too, is you have to, like, teams have to respect you. And, and yeah. when Chargers are running so many short routes and things like that, teams aren't respecting them. And that's why you're seeing, you know, guys covered up near the line of scrimmage six yards down the field, and, and there's just no separation. There's no space to work with. Another guy, cheaper option that I would float out there to Chris Conley. He's been up and down on the Texans practice squad guy who has a ton of NFL experience, ran a four, three, five, not going to be a totally dynamic guy, but he is on a practice squad with the Texans. He's a guy that you could probably get relatively cheap and a guy that would at least fill that role as being that threat. Even if it's a decor to some extent, at least throw it down there and see what happens. Make them at least think about it because you have Justin freaking Herbert as your quarterback, but we do have more buy or sell to get into, including one big one is the shine on Brandon Staley starting to wear off. And also will the chargers finish the NFL as the worst rushing unit in the entire league in 2022 right now, they absolutely are, but we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Me and David have been (laughs) Brandon Staley lovers almost since the, you know, the first press conference. It was something we were a little skeptical when he came on as the Chargers head coach and I mean I'm not going to say I'm 100% totally out on Saleh at this point. It's 3 games into the season. We're not totally overreacting. We'll believe that for tomorrow when we tell you if it's time to panic or not. But it was just he was a wonderkin, right? He was a guy who flew up through the NFL ranks. He had one season as a defensive coordinator, led the best defense in the NFL and had guys like, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, of course. But the way he talked, the way he communicated, the way he connected was different than a lot of other Chargers coaches that we saw. And it did seem like there was, you know, he genuinely cares about these players. And I believe that he hundred percent does. Yeah. At the same time, you still need to be a coach. You're not the friend of these players. I know, you know, everyone's kid's name and things like that. You still have to be a coach at time. And we didn't see that right in one specific opportunity. He had to do it on Sunday against the Jaguars. So David, it's buy or sell this today is the shine on Brandon Staley starting to wear off.
1: Yes. I I think it is starting to wear off a little bit here. Uh, And, and and I want to preface this by saying that I'm not completely out on Brandon Staley, but, The fact of the matter is, I think we were all enamored by the honeymoon phase. I mean, we all loved everything that Brandon Staley was saying, and we appreciated his approaches to his press conferences and how he communicated and how he bonded with his teammates. We all thought that was very true, very authentic, and it was co-signed by everybody who talked about Brandon Staley. But at the end of the day, in the NFL, as a head coach, you are judged by wins and losses. And unfortunately, the Chargers are one and two. That is the reality. They have not won more games than they have lost. Okay, that's just the way it is. But also, we have a very long season ahead of us. There's still plenty of games, still a lot of time, but he's going to have to start winning games if he wants to change that narrative and change that image that right now around the Chargers organization, the Chargers fan base have on Brandon Staley.
0: A hundred percent. And I mean, this is the first time in a long time I've seen reports of unrest in the locker room. And there's one specific way I want to bring up here from Brantley Weissman, who is actually a former Chargers scout. So, I mean, it would make some sense for him to have some you know, connections inside the organizations. But this is what he said. Going to get real interesting inside the Chargers building this week. And I already heard about some rumblings regarding team leadership and players not having buy in with the staff's messaging. Losing like this won't help that. He also added team leadership as in the players, not the front office. FYI, I don't think Staley's job is in trouble at all. Just needs to get more buy-in from his players. So not a great thing to hear, but it's also the only person we're hearing say it, which I think means you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But I understand how someone could come with that conclusion independently of that because I have multiple issues here with Brandon Staley, which is you have to practice what you preach, right? Yeah. One of the things he preached the entire off season is, okay, you're going to compete and you're going to make it based on how well you play. Well, Braden Fayhoka would like to, you know, beg to differ. I would say, right. Right. I think Josh Kelly would beg to differ. Maybe there's something there behind the scenes, but for that dude to get one garbage time carry in this last game made absolutely no sense. It's unacceptable. He's the best running back that you
1: have on the team right now.
0: Well, and like, what, like, Sony Michelle is, is that good that you feel like you can't give it to your hottest back. Like it just, no, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And and I think with someone like Brian Staley, when you talk such a good talk, it all sounds great. And yeah. you do buy in at the beginning. And I yep. do think that all, most of these players are still bought in. I'm, I don't know how much they are not bought in at this point, but you start losing some of that buy-in when you're losing games yeah. and, and like all of those great things that you say, come off a little bit more hollow when you're not out there and actually executing the plan that you want. Other than that, the defense is your side of the ball, Brandon Staley. Mm -hmm. When you were brought in, the biggest concern was you're bringing in a defensive guy for Justin Herbert, but then it's also like, okay, well, I guess if you give Justin Herbert a really good defense, who's going to stop this team because him by himself is such an, you know, ultra player elite tier level player. Okay. Maybe you can buy into some of that. Right. And especially when he comes in and says, Hey, This offense is going to be Justin Herbert. We're not making an offense for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is the offense, and yet it doesn't feel like it's an offense that is really tapping into all of his strengths. And some of that is Herbert, too. He has to let the ball go. He's had some chances he hasn't taken. He has to be a little less risk-averse, you know, even with a couple of interceptions that really weren't his fault to some extent. At the same time, though, (laughs) it it starts to ring hollow when when the best players aren't necessarily the ones getting on the field, right? Yeah. When you have guys not making the team after really, really good performances and then your run defense is, you know, struggling after that, uh, it just – it starts to become a little bit more hollow. I don't think it's all lip service, but the biggest thing is, David, the inexcusable thing is playing your quarterback with fractured rib cartilage with four minutes and 30 seconds, four minutes and 50 seconds left in this game when you're down 28. Jalen Guyton got hurt. In that scenario, late in the game, Justin Herbert is still out there and you want to have good relationships with all these guys, David, you're the head coach. You overrule it. You say, no, (laughs) I I bet you do want to go back out there and get this bad taste out of your mouth. I'm not going to let you. I'm your head coach. So as much as like all the other things are ringing a little hollow, that to me is the biggest red flag and the number one biggest thing I've disagreed with during Brandon Staley's tenure. Well,
1: why do you think in pretty much any company that you work for, they say that you're not supposed to fraternize with the people that are underneath you because you have to have that separation of I'm your boss and you are my subordinate you right. are working for me there has to be and i understand you want to be a players coach you want to be the guy that you know everybody wants to confide in and feels comfortable with but you, at, at some point in time you got to make executive decisions yeah. and that there that was a chance for you to make a very clear and obvious executive decision to hold your quarterback out of a meaningless pointless already determined football game there is yeah. literally no reason to put your quarterback in any harm's way when there is absolutely no chance you are going to win the football game. There's There's no reason. Absolutely no reason. And I am not going to co-sign with that decision that that he made. I am not a fan of it, and I am making that very, very plain and obvious. 100%.
0: Hundred percent, and to me, it's like okay. First of all, it's three games in, right? But I'm just at the point now where it's like okay, well, the talking's not going to get it done anymore, right? Right. Like I have to see, you know, actual, tangible changes and improvements in scheming and, and yeah. see offenses totally, you know, flustered playing against Brandon Staley's defense. We're not seeing it. And yeah. even missing Joey Bosa and J.C. Jackson. Hopefully, J.C. Jackson is going to come back this week. Supposedly, he's going to be practicing. Hopefully. You still have enough pieces, right, to not look as bad as you did. And you can have a bad game, too. Yeah. And this, you know, is overreaction at some point. But credit to the Chargers reporters. They were grilling yeah. him after the yeah. game. And it's like, okay, Brian yeah, are you the keeping fire. the long-term part of this at the front of your mind? Because if you are, how could the long-term success of your team have Justin Herbert going out there down twenty eight with four minutes and fifty seconds left. Yeah, and, and like, and he's like, "Trust me, guys, I'm thinking about it." It's like, how would I know? How would I know <laughs> you're thinking about it? <laughs> like, it sounds a bit hypocritical. Saying, it just sounds
1: hypocritical. Unfortunately, and that was I mean kind that's of, what yeah. it is.
0: And that was kind of a watershed moment for me. It was just like you're literally like contradicting yourself right now. Like yeah. you say, "Hey." That was my bad. I thought it would be good yeah, for this just, team just to gain some momentum going into the next game. Yeah. They didn't do that because they didn't no. and they got a touchdown rod from them. They didn't do it. It was meaningless anyways. Yeah. And your, you know, team morale in that situation, I think, has way more chance of going down with your players sitting on the sidelines saying, Hey, why is our best player out there right now?
1: Well, and like, God forbid, what, what, what what would have happened if Justin Herbert is the one that gets injured and is out for the season? There because you took him and you kept him in a meaningless, predetermined football game. What 100%, then is that 100%. not running through your mind?
0: Because if that guy gets hurt, your season is over. 100 percent One more buyer sell I want to get to before we wrap up here, though, is I mean, he's not getting any help <laughs> from his running game. Neither one of them. Brandon Staley looks worse because of it. Justin Herbert looks worse because of it. And the buyer sell is this, David, quickly before we go. The Chargers will finish as the league's worst rushing team. Because right now. They definitely are.
1: Yeah, it, it looks bad right now, but I'm selling that all day You're long. You're selling it? Yeah, I'm selling it. Yeah, because I, I think they will get Austin Eckler involved a lot more with the football. I think, you know, that they, they, they try to do some load management through the first couple of games of the season and realize that they can't really do that. They need to give him more carries. And also, I think Did we they still- realize it
0: because he had four carries last game. So maybe they're realizing it now and you're assuming it. Okay, you're assuming they realize it now. Yes,
1: I'm assuming they will realize that they need to give one of their best playmakers the ball a lot more. And also, I think we are about time to see the unknown commodity at running back, Isaiah Spiller. Why is this kid not been given an opportunity yet? Obviously, the running backs that you have started through the first couple of games are not getting the job done. So why do you have a healthy rookie running back that has been inactive through three games. It's not acceptable anymore. You need to start the kid. Give him an opportunity. You drafted him for a reason. Give the kid a chance. Put him on the field.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's another year, too, where it's like, where is the Chargers contributions from rookies from this year or even rookies from last year and second-year players, right? I mean, you have Zion Johnson. You have Rashawn Slater, obviously, but there's no JT Woods yet. No. You haven't seen Isaiah Spiller active on game day yet. Jamari Sawyer, we feel, is like a good reserve and stuff like that, but yeah. like, it, you're not getting, I mean, Xander Horvath has been, you know, like the most ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Two touchdowns Johnson. through three games, hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm buying it for now. Uh, I mean, the chargers weren't a good rushing team last year. I mean, they were middle, very average though. It wasn't yeah. this terrible. And now they have an uphill battle because they're averaging 59 rushing yards per game right now. Yeah. It, it's going to be a long time before you're averaging hundred rushing yards per game or anything like that. Obviously we're saying the league's worst team, right? So it's not going to be hundred yards a game on average. But the Dolphins are the next closest at 64 yards. They're averaging five more rushing yards per game. But the efficiency is what hurts me or what makes it really hard for me to have faith in this unit. It's like, I'm going to be buying this until I can sell it, basically, because they also average 2.6 yards per carry. It's three games. Situationally, some of that has to play a factor as well. But they were up against the Raiders, still couldn't run the ball until the very, very last drive after the final Raiders turnover. And it's just your offensive line is getting worse. Like at this point, it's hard to imagine Corey Lindsley is going to play, you know, every game for the rest of the season, even if it does come back. And, you know, Rashawn Slater is not walking back through those doors. So you have worse offensive linemen coming in and you already have the worst rushing attack in the league. It's hard to be much worse than they've already been. I do think it could get better. Uh, But right now I'm buying it until I can sell it because I just, I mean, I have to see it. I have to see something tangible before I can make that claim. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow is about you guys then. We want to hear you vent. We want to hear your biggest questions. We want to hear how much you are panicking. Tomorrow we're getting into if the Chargers should be panicking right now at one and two, only three games into the season. And I think there's a conversation to be had on both sides because they have real, tentative you know they have they have very real problems and very real concerns very real red flags we're going to be talking about that tomorrow but it's also going to be fan show for you guys we're going to be getting into voicemails and twitter questions so make sure you guys get all your questions in on twitter at lockdown lac you can hit up either of us you can find me on twitter at dan talk sports or david drogenmeyer on twitter at dro talk sd you can also put your comment in the youtube comments you can go on instagram at lockdown chargers and give us your question there you can also do it on our Lockdown chargers facebook page and the best questions will get read and answered on tomorrow's show. You can also call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But make sure you guys are always making us your first listen and following the show wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also find the show by subscribing to our Locked On Chargers YouTube channel, which we post to every weekday your team every day but if you need a second listen make sure to check out the peacock and williamson show if you want to keep up with everything else around the nfl and you want to hear about some other team that's not the chargers right now you can do that over there and it can be your second lesson but we stay your first listen and we will be back with you guys tomorrow with why or why not you should be panicking about the chargers only three games into this season but until then take it easy and go bolts